Hello, and welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. I am thrilled you are here. I am your host, Brittany Ford, nutritionist, biohacker, content creator, podcaster, and a whole bunch of other things. And this is a place where I share my love for health, and I get to interview very educated and very smart people who bring a bunch of different perspectives on different health topics. And it's really great. It's very collaborative. And I'm excited. I'm excited for a new year. I have a lot that I've been thinking about for 2022. I am so excited for just a fresh start. I'm one of those people who loves January. I love September. I love Mondays. I love everything that's like a fresh start. I'm all about it. I don't know why. I just think there's something beautiful about starting again and and kind of like wiping away what you've previously done, taking lessons from it, learning from it, and then like leveling up and becoming better in in the next thing that you're doing. So it's exciting. I just, I love a new year, new goals, new year, new me. I don't know about that, but definitely new goals and new ideas and and things coming through. And I definitely want to talk about the new year. I, I, I haven't officially written out goals yet. And I think I will. I think I will, especially for my business. I think I will. And and I think I will as well for personally, like my health and, and other things. So something I'm focusing on right now is this idea of having a word for the year. I don't think I did this last year, or if I did, I don't remember my word. So therefore it didn't really stick and it didn't really matter. But this year I want to do it. I don't want to write it out. I want to put it by my desk. I want to see it and really embrace it, stick to it throughout the year. So I haven't fully decided what the word is going to be yet, but it's going to be along the lines of like appreciation, self-appreciation. I wouldn't say self-love because it's more than that, but along the lines of that. So I don't have the perfect word for it yet and I'm still searching and I'm going to find it, but that's kind of like where I really want to focus. And I really... Yeah, I spent so much of last year, just to be like super honest and frank, like I spent so much of last year really struggling with feeling good in my skin, which is something very new for me. And I, yeah, this is hard to talk about, but I, I don't know if, I don't know what triggered it. I don't know if it was the pandemic and staying home and having to work way harder on maintaining a fit body, quote unquote fit, um, more than I ever have in my entire life, or if it was the growth that I've had on social media, which has made me become very hyper aware of my body and what I look like and all these types of things because you create so much content. So you're constantly like editing photos and editing videos and having to film things for brands and all of that type of thing. Like you're constantly looking at yourself and seeing what you look like on camera. And it's created this like hyper awareness for myself that I am struggling with. And last year was probably the worst year for that, that I've ever had. I 
And I, I don't want to repeat that. I need to let that part of myself go and, and move forward. And so I need to figure out how to do that. And I have some ideas. I have some practical things that I'm actually going to do to regain the confidence that I used to have and the self-love that I used to have and kind of get back to a healthier place than I have been for the last 12 months or so. So that's kind of like, I think the biggest thing that I'm going to work on for this year. And it's no easy task because self-talk is like really, it's just really difficult and and really hard to change. And yeah, I I just really want to improve that. And I want to feel better in my skin. And it's hard as well when you work in the health industry, because when you have clients or you're creating content about a nutrient or a diet or fitness, whatever it is, you're kind of thinking about your health as well at the same time. And you're analyzing where you are in relation to what you're talking about. So you're kind of always in this zone of like talking about health, thinking about your body, thinking about what you look like, how healthy you are all of the time, every single day. And then on top of that, if you create a social media presence like I have, then you're creating content with yourself in it and then you're looking at yourself. So it's like this whole thing of hyper-awareness that I really need to create space from. So that's, I think, like my overarching, like deep goal. I could go more into it and kind of share the deeper aspects of it, but I don't think this is the time on this episode right now. But that is... Yeah, where I stand with that. And it actually wasn't planning on sharing that with anybody, but here we are. So yeah. And if you have a similar goal, if like the pandemic has kind of triggered that in you, seriously, message me or email me. I'd love to talk and talk about strategies to kind of boost ourselves and and build ourselves back up after after what you've been through. Because I I would really love that. I'd love to relate to other people about this. Yeah. So today we are on point with this. We are talking about fitness and in a different lens though, not your typical fitness podcast, that's for sure. And so I'm so excited to have you listening. I put out podcasts every week and they are hosted on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. We have finally released the new website, as you know, if you've been listening for the last few weeks, and we just released the shop page. So if you go to the shop, which you can find on the website, it has the products that I affiliate for. And I'm going to be adding more and more as I go through my history of brands that I've worked with. And I'm going to be posting this on social media as well as a place for everyone to easily find discount codes for supplements and biohacking products and all of that because this is something that many people have asked me for. (laughs) So it's here. I'm adding to it. And all the links are there. It's so easy. It's just a photo, a link, a discount code, and boom. You got it. You're ready to go. And on that note, shout out to the sponsors for this week, Keon. I love Keon. I used their Keon Lean product all through the holidays because it reduces the blood sugar spike you get when you eat calorie-rich food or carb-rich food. And let me tell you, I ate so much chocolate over the break. (laughs) Like... I don't know. I don't even know why. It was just in front of me and I it just it was bad, I guess. I don't know. But I ate a lot of dessert and a lot of calorie rich food. And yeah. So that happened. I took Keon Lean multiple times, probably daily, just to help with 
the metabolism and weight management and everything. And also my discount code for Keon is for all products. I've had a few people ask me this on Instagram. So if you love Keon's protein powder or their coffee beans or some of their other supplements, like they have a lot of really great supplements. So yeah, my discount code is for all of that, which is awesome. So go use it. My discount code is biohackingbrittany. And shout out to my other sponsor, Coast, which is a new sponsor of the show, Welcome. This is a really, really interesting product. So a big thing in the biohacking world right now is the idea of NAD plus and having or taking a precursor for it because this gets depleted as we age and gets depleted when we drink alcohol and basically have too much inflammation and toxins in the body. And I haven't really taken a lot of this in my life. Like even though I am a biohacker, I haven't really jumped on this train yet until now. So Coast makes it super easy. Um, They have it in a powder form. So I add it to my drink, my water bottle. And I actually just take it after I work out, which is one of the times that you can take it because it helps with recovery. So you'll hear more about that in the show. Again, my discount code is biohackingbrittany if you are interested in a product like that. The links are in my show notes and the links are on my shop page now of my website. So definitely go check it out and enjoy this podcast. Thank you for listening and I will catch you next week. Well, welcome to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. I am super excited that you are joining again this week. We are joined with Sun Sachs, who is actually from Vancouver. He was just telling me he was born here and his parents named him after a sunny day in Vancouver, which if anyone has lived here or been here knows that that actually doesn't happen very often in the winter. We're already like full on into rainy season here. It's been pouring like crazy. So I think that's pretty cool. And he actually comes from a company called Rewire Fitness. And this is a company that's really focused on holistic fitness, which really caught my eye because obviously as a biohacker and a holistic nutritionist, I'm very interested in this idea of taking the holistic philosophy and applying it to different parts of of your life and kind of reaching optimal health through that methodology. So it's really cool to kind of see this being applied to fitness. So Sun, welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Brittany. I'm uh, excited to be here. And uh, yeah, we're very much aligned on on health, wellness, biohacking. Uh, That's close to my heart as well. So excited to get into the details. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Rewire Fitness is the most holistic training and recovery system uh, that provides evidence-based solutions for tracking your readiness to perform, building mental resilience, and and impairing mind-body recovery. So this sounds amazing, but in actuality, like, what does this actually look like if someone were to start with your program? Yeah, absolutely. So a little bit of background about myself. I grew up, although I was born in Vancouver, I grew up in uh, Boulder, Colorado, which is uh, sort of one of the meccas here in the United States for endurance training. And I got involved in sport at a very early age and basically worked my way up to an elite level in cycling. And meanwhile, sort of developed a career in software development. And so those two passions came together and looking at 
at the whole person and the whole athlete. What are the important components to performance? Our solution really takes into account the, we consider more a holistic view, which is, yes, the physiological data is super important. Your HRV, your training load, your sleep, all very, very important. But what's often overlooked is how are you doing cognitively? How are you doing emotionally? How do those factors impact your performance? Are you even aware of them? How do you measure them? And so what our tool does is it is an app-based product. We're essentially similar to some of the other readiness trackers out there. You look at your, you take a, a readiness test and within a couple minutes, it analyzes your current state. And then based on that, it will recommend specific interventions based on your areas of need. So if you have a lot of cognitive load, it's going to provide a recovery protocol for that. If you're kind of emotionally imbalanced, it's going to provide some recommendations there. Same thing with, and then in addition to that, it also has a system for building more mental resilience, which everybody needs these days. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So it's based off of you inputting data and answering these questions, and then it kind of gives you recommendations. So we're, this product is uh, made by athletes for athletes and anyone that wants to improve human performance. So we're very aware and feel the pain having a lot of devices and not understanding what all the data means, especially holistically. So for example, Right now I'm wearing my Aura Ring. I have my Apple Apple Watch on. Earlier I was doing a training session with the Bluetooth heart rate monitor. I posted to Strava several times today. What does all that data mean and how do I understand it from an aggregate standpoint? So what our system does actually is integrate with all of those data sources. For example, your your Aura Ring can will bring in the, the sleep and if you choose heart rate data as well. You connect with the different health devices. You can sync a Bluetooth monitor. You can connect with Strava. And we take all of that data, and that's the portion of the subjective data, which would be obviously the physical stuff. And then we actually do, for the readiness, then we'll do a cognitive test, which is a reaction time test. It's actually used in sleep studies and also used by the military. It's PVT for short, but it's essentially every time you see a shape, you tap on the screen. We compare that to your baseline and look at a number of data points like your reaction time, the number of misses you have, the number of lapses, and we can basically tell what level of cognitive fatigue you have compared to your baseline. And then the we ask a few questions. They're evidence-based, validated, subjective scales. So we actually use a scale that's used by NASA for astronaut readiness, and it gives us a very good sort of calibration on the person's emotional state. And so what our algorithm then does is take the all the physiological data that probably brought was brought in from other devices or captured live because you can't actually connect and track your heart rate data live. And then we'll combine that with the cognitive and emotional data and then give a breakout of exactly where you're at. So if you're relying on just the physical, you may actually be great from an HRV perspective or sleep perspective, but the blind spot is cognitive fatigue. And you know what? That's going to hit you when you least expect it. A typical example is you have a long, hard day at work and then you try to motivate to go to the gym, let's say at night, it's very difficult to get that motivation typically. And also 
if you actually go to the gym, it's going to feel harder. And that's because unless you have like a, a physically demanding job, that's because your cognitive fatigue is impacting your perception of effort which is a limiter to athletic performance. So basically it's skewing your perception and making it feel more difficult. So there's a lot of things like that, that you just don't know unless you have a way to measure it. And to my knowledge, we're the first ones sort of bringing that all together. How are you taking care of your body when it's worn out and you need a boost in flushing out the bad stuff? Let's face it. Our bodies aren't built for the stresses we deal with on a daily basis. Work, stress, exercising, partying, inadequate nutrition, you name it. Our bodies are seriously overworked and it's almost impossible to get all the nutrients we need from diet alone. Instead, you can take a supplement designed to flush out toxins, replenish lost nutrients, and repair cells by taking essentials like antioxidants and vitamins and combining it with cutting-edge ingredients like a NAD plus precursor. Coast isn't some basic supplement. It's designed by a cancer researcher and supports two different detoxification pathways in your body, making it highly efficient at flushing out toxins. It is available in a quick and easy shot or powder to mix in water, which is what I take. With nine active ingredients, including the NAD plus precursor, which gets depleted as we age, by the way, glutathione precursor, and more. This is my supplement of choice to combat my daily stress load and promote longevity. You can use my discount code BIOHACKINGBRITTANY in all capitals for 20% off at coastdrink.com. The link will be in my show notes on my website and on my shop page as well for you to find easily. Yeah, I really love that because I have an aura ring and I think a lot of my listeners do or they have a Fitbit or an Apple Watch, whatever it is. And then also other apps and other testing and stuff. And so it's, I agree with you. It's kind of like, how do you, how do you bring this all together and really understand what's going on on a daily basis and then use the data too, right? Not just have it where you can look at it, but it's like, okay, now that we have all these data points, like what changes are we making? And I, and I think it's overwhelming. I think it's overwhelming for the average person. It's over. If it's overwhelming for me, who's in the health world, I think it would be definitely overwhelming for the average person. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. The, the other thing is like a lot of these systems, one, they're only looking at the, the physical, which is an incomplete data set from our perspective. But two, what happens when you have a bad night's sleep? They basically say, hey, looks like you had a bad night's sleep. You should take a day off today. You know what? That's actually not helpful. Why is that not helpful? Because we all have responsibilities. We all have things we need to still achieve. And unless they're providing an actual solution, they're basically giving a generic prescription without any, any intervention, any solution itself. So what our system does is, yes, it diagnoses. It diagnoses the areas of need and from our point of view, more accurately, more holistically. But then two, we'll recommend a recovery protocol, which is a mind-body recovery system that's evidence-based. It's 
pretty interesting science. It has a similar efficacy to meditation, but is much more accessible and lasts somewhere between two and five minutes. So it's very easy to fit into your day. We could get into those details, but that's kind of sort of another differentiator as just we want to provide solutions as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. So do you think in general, healthcare is slowly moving towards this idea of holistic health and like looking at the spirit, the mind and the body and how it's all connected? Yeah, the trends are definitely there for sure. If we just focus on our specific little area here within sport, you'll notice that All the major brands are talking about mindset now. And in fact, one of our major investors was Under Armour who had a program. They do have a program that is all about sort of mental resilience. Nike saying the same thing. Hyper Ice is saying the same thing. I could go on and on. So there's sort of this, it's self-evident that the mental component is super important to performance. And then when we look at broader uses of these types of approaches, having care pathways that really connect with the individual and provide solutions that can be measured, that have a qualitative and a quantitative sort of result that directly impacts someone's health. Obviously, we within this within your audience, everyone knows about cortisol and about stress and the negative impact to health, right? So if you have a stress management tool like ours, where you can do something like meditation, but it only takes you two minutes, now the compliance goes up, these little incremental steps start to add up and make a big difference to your quality of life. Whereas for a lot of people, I've actually have a a background with meditation, but for a lot of people, it's not so accessible. It's pretty difficult. It's hard to find a calm, quiet space. It's hard to have the commitment to see the long-term results. And so if you can come up with things that provide more immediate benefits, more immediate results, it helps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Especially if you're a parent and you have kids running around or young ones or a mom, that type of thing. I just feel like it would just be amplified in terms of physical fatigue and mental fatigue. And then yeah, feeling like you kind of have to do all these things to be healthy or like meditate for 45 minutes every day. Like it's just not realistic. So I really love that you focus on acknowledging that. And and this is actually how most people are living right now, right? I mean, it, it would be amazing to meditate twice a day for 45 minutes. Like that would be awesome. But who's actually doing that and who has time for that? And so I think that's a really good point. So For people listening to this who, I wonder if, I'm just thinking about like burnout and mental fatigue. I know you kind of had the one example of like you're at work all day and then you drag yourself to the gym, but it's very difficult for you to actually go and do it. And then when you're there, you're kind of like one foot out the door ready and and it's related to just being tired from work or tired from the lifestyle that you're leading. Are there other ways that you can know that you're actually dealing with like chronic mental fatigue. Yeah. So there's definitely signs and we try to get at those within the product to try to diagnose the person's state, but some indicators, what happens is when you have a higher level of cognitive fatigue, essentially you're, you have less capacity in your prefrontal cortex. And what all that means is that your cognitive control, or in other words, your ability to make good decisions starts to decline. What happens 
Well, you start to go into the lower level part of your biology, your frustration goes up, your emotionality goes up. The things I'm always sort of being in this space and, and working working on these types of solutions, I'm always mindful if, whoa, why did I just kind of overreact to that situation? There must be something, some kind of fatigue or some kind of issue that I'm not aware of because normally I'm very calm and level-headed. So why did that one little minor thing stress me out or make me overreact? Those are, those are clear indicators. Obviously, things like brain fog or other states where you just know that you're not as thinking as sharply, those are, those are sort of obvious factors. And then if you're using an aura ring, looking at your your REM and deep sleep. Deep sleep is a obviously a process that impacts the brain in terms of a really recovering, sort of getting rid of the, as they say, like the garbage collection. So it's basically refreshing the brain. And then from an REM perspective, you're really looking to recharge the batteries, if you will. So if you have like a lower level of REM sleep, we can correlate that in our system to a direct impact to your cognitive fatigue level. So just looking at those data points and going, wow, what happened there? I was under an hour of REM. This could potentially cause me some issues today. And then if you start to have some emotionality or some frustration higher than normal, there you go. (laughs) That's your diagnosis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's pretty obvious once you start kind of looking for it. So I think if you come across like something that's frustrating and like you said, like you kind of overreact to it, that's like a big indicator that there's an off balance and there's a lot going on in your life. Like for example, today I went to go and get something across the city and I came back and I got stuck behind a train crossing and it was actually took 40 minutes for this train to cross. And I missed a podcast recording today because of it. Now, I was fr- I was frustrated but at the same time it was like this is out of my control I can't turn around because there's no space for my car to turn around. like I'm not going to blow up and be angry for the next 5 hours after this and chop everyone's head off and just be frustrated but everyone in line who was in the line like you could see how frustrated people were right yes. and so I think yes. that's like the that's an example of like this fatigue that you're fine until things aren't going your way and then you just lose it and you lose your cool. And it's like, whoa, man, like you need to be taking time for your mental health and taking time off and resting and sleeping like you were talking about. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it does, we can skew our perception and that's where having some way to sort of measure that, whether it's using our system or there's definitely online tools you can use, but basically you, you, it's helpful to see some objective data ab- about your cognitive state or your emotional state, because those are things that typically are blind spots, right? Until they become a problem. <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Do yeah. you find that athletes or professional athletes have more daily mental resilience to these types of things or Yeah. I don't even know if you have the answer to that, but do you see that at all? Yeah. I mean, our product's definitely made for sort of the average weekend warrior type of athlete that has a busy life and is managing, juggling a lot of things. But we do have a number of professional athletes using the product. And there is actually direct evidence that shows that from a 
cognitive resilience standpoint, the, the pros definitely have more resilience. And our product is designed to sort of biohack or shortcut that process of getting the resilience. Their nature versus nurture, how resilient were they by default? Well, I can tell you they're doing a lifelong effort in training. And obviously as a side effect to pushing yourself physically, you do get more cognitively resilient. The problem is that's it takes an incredible effort. And a lot of times as you get more fit, you have to push yourself harder. So at some point, it's going to take you five, six hours on the bike or three-hour run to push yourself hard enough to get the cognitive resilience benefit. Whereas using something like what we have, where you're, you're basically targeting the specific area of the brain that's responsible for impulse control, effectively willpower, and the perception of your effort. So what it does is it basically overloads that part of the brain. And like other things, like physical training, it creates an adaptation. And so that adaptation leads to greater resilience, which is a generic type of resilience, meaning it's not about getting good at the test. It's something that is an extra reserve that you have in terms of capacity to endure longer when you're doing something that's physically and mentally demanding. So it could be applied beyond sport to many other things. Obviously, being like the N of one first subject of this product, it's helped me a lot in building the startup because I have a lot of stress and um, juggling a lot of things. And it really, I use it as a daily practice on the recovery side to help with just simply stress management and recovery. So it's definitely helpful. What healthy habits are you bringing into 2022? Something I'm continuing to focus on is my diet and maintaining healthy and balanced glucose levels while still eating the foods I love and enjoy. I believe in balance and definitely think you deserve to indulge in carb-heavy and calorie-rich foods as you, as you see fit throughout your life. I'm going to continue taking Keon Lean, which is a supplement that uses plant-based ingredients to support your metabolism even after heavy meals. Keon Lean helps shuttle excess glucose in your bloodstream into your muscles rather than storing it as fat. Through this mechanism, it supports metabolic wellness, assists in weight management, and can help maintain a healthy blood glucose level. I take two with every large meal, like dinner, and I also took it multiple times over the Christmas break. If you want to try this out and you're looking to support your metabolism, your weight, and have healthy, balanced blood sugar levels, you can do this. Go to getkeon.com slash Brittany to get 10% off Keon Lean and all Keon supplements and products. The link is on my website and in my show notes if you want to go through there. And let me know what you think. I love taking this product and I definitely recommend you try it as well if this is a priority for you. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. And I also like that you focus on this idea of like peak performance as an athlete or the average person who, like you said, like weekend warrior or like just somebody who's into fitness somehow. And I love this idea of peak performance, especially personally, especially in the last year and a half, I feel like my fitness has like just gone downhill and is not what it was pre-pandemic. So I'm very interested in this idea of, yeah, peak performance and like, and 
I don't know if it's possible to perform best that I can every time I do something active, but I, I just, I'm just interested in this. Like as a biohacker, I'm like, okay, like how do I be the best at this part of my body, you know? And so do you have any, I, I know it's very, it's very personal and it's different for everybody, right? But do you have any general recommendations or tips or things that you've seen work for the people who use your platform for reaching this idea of peak performance? Yeah. First, you have to sort of have the self-awareness to know where know, know how you're using your energy, right? It's very easy to get wound up and focus your energy, your emotions, your cognitive thoughts on things that are stressing you out or things that are working you up and being able to sort of measure where you're at and understand that just to get a little bit of context, a little bit of perspective definitely helps. It is all about balance and being able to take care. It's not just about pushing yourself. I, I'm sort of a recovering fixed mindset type A plus personality. So I know I know the the temptations to just always push, right? To always try to achieve, to have every workout have to be better than the next. But in reality, that's not how you get better. The You get better, your performance improves in the downtime. That's when actually your body goes to work. When your mind goes to work, you create an adaptation. So if you're not giving yourself the self-care to adapt, you're going to get to a plateau. And that plateau will be pretty brutal because you'll be at a burnout state, whether it's your body, your mind, or both. And so sort of finding, striking that balance of first understanding where you're at sort of objectively, and then two, knowing when to put your foot on the gas and when to put your foot on the brake and giving yourself both a mind-body sort of self-care, that's really how you build sort of long-term fitness and performance. Because if you push yourself too hard, you get injured, you take 10 steps back, then you push yourself hard again. It's just very hard to build that consistency. It has to be sustained. And this, these are the types of things we think about when working with athletes is just really being cognizant of all of those factors. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really love that. And I love, again, like how holistic that is. I think we live in a society that really likes to push and hustle culture is so everywhere, right? And constantly trying to be the best and go hard every day and all of these things. And I think the world of biohacking is really good in terms of talking about rest and sleep and days off and going for a walk and a one hour walk compared to feeling like you have to go for a run and, and just like listening to the body and, and just slowing down, but I don't know if I see that in other places yet. Like I, I think we're getting there, but I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And so I really appreciate that perspective of where are you at now? And then how can we help the mind and the body recover? And so how is this, how have you used that principle in your own life? Yes. Yeah, so the little bit more of the backstory. I actually got pretty involved about eight years ago with this organization, Paramahansa Yogananda's organization. He's one of the founding yogis that brought yoga to America. And um, this is in like the 1920s. And um, he has a very, a very accessible, but like sort of a high commitment 
high threshold ascetic type of program. And essentially I was meditating three to four hours a day <laughs> for several years, working my way up to a certain level where I kind of earned the right to learn the secret practices, which I actually had to swear an oath never to reveal. And that taught me a lot. Yeah, it taught me a lot. I really started to understand where I was putting my mental, emotional, physical. But it also, for me, that was, it didn't fit into my lifestyle, kind of to the earlier point. It was way too high of a commitment level. And so with that information about sort of where am I putting my energy, I started to look for other ways to, to continue that self-awareness and that self-care, but in a way that was more reasonable, more realistic for my lifestyle. And that's when I started to you know really research the science around resilience training and a lot of the protocols around recovery. And there's some pretty fascinating things that we get into if there's interest or that we do that are tied into kind of the deep biology of humans. But what I essentially did is sort of took what I learned in that practice and turned it into a morning gratitude practice an evening gratitude practice, and a couple sessions of the rewire recovery system throughout the day. And uh, that sort of combination for me, it the threshold was only like 45 minutes for all of that. And it really sort of have these anchor points or checkpoints throughout the day where I can push the reset button. And that helps a lot because basically then you're mind-body homeostasis, if you will. You don't get too far off. You don't get too stressed out. You're checking in with yourself in a big picture way multiple times a day, and it really helps. But that's just how I personally do it. I love that. I can't believe you <laughs> meditated for so long every day. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Get up at 4.30 in the morning. Yeah, it was uh, not yeah. easy to do. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. Just out of curiosity, do you, in terms of like the system that you provide at Rewire Fitness, do you notice a difference between uh, your male and female users or just in your experience in your industry in general in terms of this idea of recovery and, and resilience? That's a really good question. Our first beta athlete when we started in 2019, she mentioned her first name, Laura. Uh, she's an incredible endurance athlete and one of the most mentally tough people I know. And we talked to her and she was just like, yeah, this is something that I want to keep sharpening. Even though I already have this sort of capability, I still want to keep keep improving it. And the other aspects of the product also appealed to her. But you know, in the early days, we had a lot of women joining female athletes, basically, that really got it, saw it as an integrated approach, and were very... Certainly, we have a great mix gender-wise or just different types of perspectives, different types of experiences. But I would say that there, there might be a little bit more of a bias towards a holistic approach with women, or at least it's just more straightforward interest without having to go sort of on the mental toughness side, which is important, of course, but. <laughs> but. Yeah, I, I find that interesting. I, in my own practice and my own experience, I, I think women are naturally 
more intuitive and connected to their bodies in a different way that men are. And I don't know if that's related to having a menstrual cycle and just like kind of being aware of where we are every month and like that type of thing, this like constant reminder. I just, I've kind of seen that time and time again compared to men who, and and this is not everybody obviously, but kind of men who just maybe aren't as aware of the symptoms that they're dealing with or the emotions that they're feeling or feeling this like idea of fatigue and stuff like that. So I think it makes sense that your platform and system actually attracts women. Yeah, I I think that makes a lot of sense. The other interesting thing is that the longer an athlete goes in endurance sports, the more there's a level playing field because women have such a high level of resilience that like Laura, for example, typically wins races beating all the men and the women. (laughs) <laughs> so, and that's because they're, you're running for a hundred miles. And at that point, it, it's no longer about the physicality. It's about the mind because the, you know, the body's like burnt out after the first 30, 40, 40 miles. So now you have to really use everything to get through that race or to, to be the, the top performer in the race. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's incredible. I love that. So if people are listening and they're interested in trying this out, where can they go and and how can they connect with you? Uh, Yeah, they can check us out on our website at rewirefitness.app. And obviously on socials, they can just search for Rewire Fitness. They'll find us there. We we have a growing community on Strava and we're definitely very athlete-centric. So we welcome all types of athletes. And we're also very focused on human performance. So we love our biohacker community as well. And um, happy to chat. If anyone has any thoughts, ideas, interests, they can reach out to us. I love that. I will be sure to add those links to the show notes and on the websites on my website. So everyone can easily connect with you. And I know there will definitely be people because like you said, like optimization and being an athlete is quite, you know, popular in the biohacking world. So I'm excited. I'm excited for that. So yeah, thank you for coming on and and sharing this with us. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was a pleasure chatting with you and uh, hopefully we'll do it again soon. Thanks for listening to another episode of biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.